the core. Uh, because we need to understand some things. And so too many years, I have seen uh, people who are really mature Christians who just don't handle things properly. Properly. And so tonight, if you are a parent of kids of any age, maybe you even are to the place of grandchildren, great-grandchildren, whatever your case may be, you need to really listen to what I'm going to talk about tonight. Because I have had so many parents ask me this question, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do when your kids rebel against God? What do you do when kids of godly parents turn their back and walk away from God? What do you do? Well, if you take your Bibles and turn to Luke 15, you know it's the chapter of things that are lost. Starting at verse 11, reading verse 11 and 12, it says this, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now i got to tell you, the passage doesn't tell why so much, but it does tell how and what. This young man has grown up in a godly home. He has grown up in a place that has taught him the same principles of life that it has taught his older brother. The parents treated him the same. The same parents gave them the same guidelines, the same guardrails in life, the same disciplines, the same rules, the same everything, the same clothing, the same food. You get the idea. The parents told these two brothers exactly the same. And yet when the younger one gets old enough, he comes to his father and he says, I need you to give me my portion of the inheritance. I am now old enough. I'm big enough. I know everything. I need my money so I can live the way I want to live. I do not want to live under your roof anymore because his dad probably said the thing, same thing as your dad and my dad did. As long as you live under my roof, boy, you know. I don't want to hear that again, dad. I want to be able to make my own decisions. I want to have control of my own destiny. I want to make my way in this world. And I got to tell you, when our children are born, parents, we are in 100% control. I mean, we are in control. We control when we feed them. We control when we change them. We control everything. But the process of growth with each step we transfer control from us to our children. And so as our children grow, we start preparing them to leave. And you need to start as soon as they're born. Prepare them to leave because that is the natural process. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago about parenting. Parents, it's healthy when your kids grow up in your home and then leave, right? Leave. We prepare them to leave. We prepare them to be in control of their lives. So this young man, not a little kid, understand that. He's a young man. He comes to his father and he says these two words, give me. Give me. Give me what is mine. 
I'm tired of your control. I want to do what I want to do. I want my independence. How many of you ever felt like that? I did when I graduated high school. Man, I want to go. I want to. Luke 15, 13, nothing wrong with wanting to go. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Whew. Man, he is spreading his wings. I mean, he is out from under dad's control. I'm in control. I no longer have curfews. I no longer have anybody watching over me, smelling of my breath when I walk in the house. I mean, nobody's looking at what I'm wearing or how my hair's cut, uh, whether I have tattoos or piercings. Nobody's looking at that. And the Bible says he gets out in this world and he spreads his wings and man, he begins to party. And it's fun. And he's having a great time. There are no guardrails, no guidelines. Life is sweet. This is what I've always wanted. Man, Dad was holding me back. He knew all the things the world had for me, and he didn't let me enjoy them, and now I'm enjoying every one of them, and life is good. Parents, what do you do? What do you do when your kids leave the house and they live a life of wild living? What do you do? Well, I'm going to tell you what to do. If you haven't gotten there yet, write this down. If you've gotten there already, write this down. Because you've got another generation coming up. Number one, you've got to let them go. Let them go. The father didn't say, no, I'm not going to give you inheritance. You're going to stay here. You're not ready. No, he let him go. And parents, we've got to let them go. I've seen some parents keep on supporting them. We need to let them go. Let them spread their wings. Let them find out what being on their own is all about. Some parents... Hold on to their kids. Won't let them go. You got to let them go. You've got to let them make their own mistakes. That's the tough part as a parent. You've got to watch your children. And I'm sure that father heard all kind of reports. Man, your son is over there living the wild life. And I'm sure it hurt his heart. Let me read you a verse in Proverbs. Proverbs 20 verse 30. Blows and wounds scrub away evil. And beatings purge the inmost being. What that verse means is sometimes in life, the only way you learn things is the hard way. The only way you learn them is to get into trouble yourself. And how do you know that most of us, when we have no one in control but us, we get into trouble. And sometimes we get some blows. Sometimes we get wounds. And the Bible says these things help scrub away the evil. In other words, you get hurt, you go, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Helps cause pain. And pain is not always bad. Because pain is probably the one thing that causes the most change in our lives. Some of you have lived long enough to have health issues because of what you eat. So you change the way you eat. Some of you had enough issues to where you have to lose some weight. You have to change. Why? Because the pain of all the blood pressures and all the heart issues and all the, the headaches and all those things, you've got to change. Most of us, we will not change until we have pain that causes us to change. And sometimes the only way our kids are going to learn anything is to go through pain. Nowadays, we have so many things to protect our children. They're so safe. 
We like put bubble wrap around them in every part of their life, and we don't want them to get hurt. And I remember as a kid, I would, I would get hurt, skin my knee up, bust up my elbows, run in the house thinking mom's going to give me all kinds of loving and cookies and all those things. And she just look at it and go, ah, it's all right, get back out there. Yeah. Guess what I learned? Don't jump out of a tree. Blows and wounds will scrub away evil. Sometimes life experience is the only way we're going to learn anything. And you have to let your children reap the consequences of their choices. And this is where parents want to swoop in and save the day. You can't do it. They make choices. They, they've left your control. They make choices. You've got to let them reap the consequences. Why? Because you are now saying you've got to understand that everything you do, every choice you make, has a consequence to it. There's a sowing and there's a reaping. Luke 15, verses 14 through 16. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. Now parents, this is real hard to see your kids in need. I mean real need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the paws that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So in this passage, you've got everything is gone, and no one would give him anything. And now he is with the pigs. i got to tell you, they could have chosen many other animals. And it wouldn't have been as bad as him being with pigs, being a Jewish boy. His culture, everything about his culture says being with the pigs is the worst thing that could possibly happen to this young man. It'd be as if some of you had a daughter and you found out she was a stripper and in prostitution. It'd be as if some of you have sons and they are addicted to meth and have committed murder and all these things. It was just that bad in this culture. He was at the lowest, lowest, lowest point of his lives. Why did he do this? What do you do as a parent? You see, because we as parents realize that we influence our children. We do. And so many times we look at our kids in a situation like this and go, what did we do wrong? That should not be the question. The question should be, what other influences have been in their life. Because you see they have friends that influence them. I'm sure you had a lot of friends influence them in the wild living. You have social media today that's influencing. I saw on the news this week where a nine-year-old child committed suicide. What in the world would influence him to do that? I guarantee you it wasn't his parents. Social media, peer pressure, music today, it's always been influential. That, that's why worship is such a powerful part of our services. Because music is so powerful and the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. And he brings these musical influences into, into kids' lives, into young people's lives. And sometimes it overwhelms them. And I want you to write this down. Parental responsibility ends... Where parental control ends. Moms and dads, grandpas and grandpas, you've got to get this. 
Once your child leaves your control, it is no longer your responsibility. It is your children's responsibility. No matter how young, no matter how old they are, once they end your control and they enter their control, it's now their responsibility. And I've seen so many Christian parents beat themselves up. What did we do wrong? How could we have done something different? How did we fail them? What did they see in me? I got to tell you, you need to stop beating yourself up. How many of you think God's a pretty good father? I mean, I think he's like the perfect dad, don't you? I mean, seriously, raise your hand if you think God is like the perfect father. Awesome. Now, how many of you know that God has rebellious sons and daughters? The perfect father has rebellious sons and daughters. The perfect father who knows how to give good gifts to all his children, he has children that have said, I don't want you to control me. And guess where God's responsibility of their actions ends? Where his parental control ends. They are now reaping their own choices and taking their own responsibility. Parents, if God has to do that, why can't we do that? We, we love our children. God loves us greater than we can imagine. God has rebellious kids. And when our kids hit rock bottom, we want to do what? Fix it for them. Run in. Sweep them up out of this and rescue them out of all their troubles. Send them money. Go get them. No, 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 no. We must let them reap the consequences of their choices or they will not learn the lessons of their choices. What is better? To let them skin a knee? What's worse? Or to let them go out in life and, and, and with their choices fail sometimes. It's not a reflection on us. It's a reflection on their choices. We've got to let them Reap their choices. Why? Because pain causes change and desperation causes change. Desperation. You know, that's why most of us gotten saved, because we were desperate. We were gotten to a point in our life that we were rock bottom and we needed a change. What do you do? Luke 15, 17 through 19. I love this first phrase. When he came to his senses. Any of you ever had a kid that just went silly? Since less. No. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. And that in the Greek is just really punching. Starving to death. He really was hungry. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Came to his senses. How many of us parents sometimes cannot wait for our kids to come to their senses? We can't wait for that. we got to go fix it. We've got to do something. So what do you do before your kids come to their senses? Number one, never stop praying. Pray and pray some more. Pray some more. And then you pray. Never stop praying. In your prayer time, you commit them to God. Yeah. God, they are yours. On the day we 
birthed them into our lives. We committed them to you. We gave them back to you. Today they are yours. You never stop loving. Never. Now listen, I've seen some parents that quit loving. They quit loving their kids when they, they became rebellious and went into wild living. They quit loving their kids. Don't stop loving them. God doesn't stop loving you. And then, this is the hardest part, wait patiently. They're going to come to their senses. Wait. But pastor, you, you don't know how far they've gone. Wait. Because if you do not let them come to their senses, this will not be the last time. And the next time they go down to rock bottom, it will be deeper. It'll be deeper. Luke 15, 20 through 24. So he got up, went to his father. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with hatred and anger and bitterness. No, he's filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him. Bring a ring and put it on his fingers, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead. And now he is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. What do you do when the son says, give me? You give it to him. But then he'll come to his senses. And he'll come back and he'll say, make me. Make me a servant. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Number one, you love unconditionally. When they come home, love them. Wrap your arms around them. With compassion, give them a kiss. This young man stunk to the highest of heavens. He was filthy in every way. But the father loved him. Not his condition. Didn't approve of it. But he didn't say, well, son, you get your life together, get your act together, then you can come back home. No. As soon as he saw him, he ran to him and hugged him up. Gave him a kiss. You got to love somebody when they're that nasty, don't you? To give them a hug and a kiss. The father embraced and kissed him. Why? Because he loved him unconditionally. Love does not close doors. Love keeps the door open. And then he accepted unconditionally his son. No matter what he had done, he accepted him. No lectures. At this point in time, moms and dads, it's real easy to go, I told you so. No conditionals to come back in the house. He was filled with compassion. You see, mom and dad, acceptance is not approval. It's not. You love your children, but you don't approve sometimes. You pray for them, you commit them to God, you wait patiently, but that doesn't mean you approve of them. But you love them unconditionally. The son confessed, and his father forgave him completely. Didn't, re didn't bring it up again. Didn't remind him. And then he said, let's celebrate. Get a robe. The robe signified the right standing in the family. How long did it take that to happen? Immediately. 
Moms and dads, we, we've got to, what do you do? You forget what they've done completely. Love them completely, not conditionally. Embrace them and kiss them. Put them right back in right standing with a brand new robe. And then he said, get the ring. The ring was about authority and responsibility. You are now my son. You have authority, but with that authority comes responsibilities. And the son goes, whoa, no, 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 dad, I don't want to be a son. Make me a servant. You see, the son realized, I don't want to have responsibility anymore. I don't want to have control anymore. Because, Dad, when I had control, I didn't make the right decisions. Dad, when I had control, I, 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 uh, I messed up time after time after time. You don't want me in charge of anything that's yours. I'll make the wrong, I'll be tempted, I'll do the wrong. And the father goes, no, 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 you're not a servant, you're my son. It'd be today like if all of a sudden one of your children came back home, you give them the credit card and I trust you with it. You give them the keys to your brand new car, not the old beat-up jalopy. Here's the keys. You give them the keys to the house because you trust them. If they won't steal anything from you, they'll go in and out like they're supposed to. You restore them in right standing. This father gave him everything he needed to be a son, not to be a servant. The father's looking at him by doing this and saying, son, in the future, you're going to learn how to make the right decisions in life. Why? Because of your pain. Because of the blows and because of the wounds and because of all the things, you're going to learn how to make good decisions. You're going to learn how to take responsibility. You see, the Father gave him mercy and grace. And you may be sitting here like me, like you, and say, okay, pastor, my kids left, I did all those things, and now they're home. And, and I'm going to love them unconditionally, all that. But what about me? You see, this process affects the parents too. So what do you do as a parent? Number one, you give your hurt to God. We've been hurt, haven't we? Yeah, give it to God. Don't put it on your kids. Give it to God. You know why? Because God will embrace you and God will Hug your hurt away. Give your hurts to God. Give your heart to God. Yeah. I've already, I'm already a Christian. No, I'm talking about that heart that needs to be completely loving and forgiving and accepting. Because we're just human, aren't we? And sometimes when trust gets broken, it's hard. So we don't deal with that with anybody else. We deal with that with God. God helped to restore in me the trust I need for my kids, the responsibilities I need to give them. God, help me not to hold on to hurts. Help me not to hold on to all the pasts. God will hug your hurts away. I have children. I've been hurt. If you have children and you haven't been hurt, I'm envious. But if you have been hurt, I've given you some really good biblical advice tonight. What do you do? Well, when your parental responsibility and control is ended, it's on them. But we still pray, we still commit, we still love unconditionally, and we wait until they come to their senses. And for some kids, it doesn't take much. For other kids, they've got to hit 
rock bottom over and over and over. And sometimes as parents we go, God, when are they ever going to learn? I don't know. Only God knows that. But that's not your responsibility. But it is your responsibility when they come home to then take your hearts to God. Take your hurts to God. And let God heal your heart. And heal your mind. And restore the trust. But don't beat yourself up. Don't do it. That's just the enemy coming in to attack you on something that you should not be attacked on. Don't beat yourself up. There may be some parents in here tonight going, you know, I beat myself up. No, don't do it. But I feel responsible. You, we all feel, but we are not responsible. Don't hold on to your kids. Let them go. Let them go. It's natural. Pray for them. Commit them to God. Love them. Wait. Because sometimes they have to have pain to change. Sad, isn't it? But all of us learn our lessons in different ways. Some of you might have one kid that they learn their lessons by just the, the smallest little thing. Oop, I learned my lesson. Others of you have children that go, I've got a gash six inches long and three inches deep and 45 stitches, but I haven't learned a thing. In the ministry, I've watched a lot of young people who didn't quite know how to learn life. We had a young man that, he wasn't in our church, but he was the boyfriend of a young lady in our church, and he was a, a brittle diabetic. And he had to have dialysis multiple times a week. He was an alcoholic as well. And the first time I met him was in the hospital. He had not gone to dialysis and not eaten for days, but he had drank a lot. And his body shut down. The second time I met him, I went to the hospital again. He was in a coma this time for four days before he came out. Third time I went to the hospital. Now he's not only in a coma, but kidneys are shut down, liver shutting down. Fourth time I went to the hospital, he was dead. But it wasn't because. He died in the hospital. No, this time he died out in the cold under a tree by the river. Yeah. What a sad, sad thing to see. He just never came to his senses. But you know what happened every time he would get better and get out of the hospital? He'd come to church once. Pastor, man, give my heart to God and things are going to be different. I've learned my lessons. I'm going I'm to straighten up this time. And it lasts about two weeks, three weeks. Every time. I've learned my lesson. I'm going to straighten up. I'm, man, you better straighten up because this is going to kill you. Oh, I know, I know. Th th I'm not going to do that again. He never came to his senses. Wouldn't take the dialysis. Wouldn't stop drinking. You know what his girlfriend did? She blamed herself. 
that it's not your fault. He's a grown man. We have to learn how to take responsibility for ourselves. We live in a society where everybody gets to be blamed. And so sometimes as a grown men and grown women, something bad happens to us, we blame everybody else in the world. And you know what? You need to rescue me out of my problems. The government needs to rescue everybody. The, the schools, the, it's all the teachers' faults. It's all the parents' faults. Well, I've got mom issues. Well, according to psychiatrists, we all have mom issues. Dad gets by pretty good with a past, but mom, boy, she messes everybody up. I got to tell you what, after a little while, you got to take responsibility. And I understand sometimes it is hard as a parent. It rips your heart out. But you have to let them go. You have to, when they say give me, you have to let them learn. You have to wait till they come to their senses. When they come home, the door's always open. And then you have to take your hurts to God and let God heal you. Because you didn't fail them. You raised them in a godly home. You raised them under the admonitions of God. And maybe one child did one thing and another child did another. That's what happened to this godly man in the word of God. And it's there to let all the parents know, hey, wait a minute. What did I do wrong? What do you do? You didn't do anything. Sometimes. We just have to let people get their own wounds. Get their own bumps, cuts, scrapes in life. Because that sometimes is what it takes to wash away the evil in our lives. If you're here tonight, we're not going to have an altar call, but if you are here tonight and you have a child that has walked away from God, I want you to stand right now. If you have a child that's walked away from God, I want you to stand. Because if you're here on a Wednesday night, you're godly people. You love God with all your heart. Yeah. And I do not want you to let the enemy beat you up anymore. You stop it. I love you that are standing with all my heart. I'm going to look at you. I do not let the enemy beat you up. Don't do it. Don't do it. When they leave parental control, they leave parental responsibility. And so tonight, I want you to look around. You stay standing. We're going to pray for you. Is that okay? Because you need prayer. I, I hurt. My heart hurts for you. Because I have been at one time in my life, I've, I would be standing. And I know the hurt that is there. And I know how the enemy comes in and, and, and just puts all kinds of guilt on us. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your kids. If you're by somebody that's standing up, just go over. And if you don't want to get too close because of COVID, that's okay. But just kind of put your hand toward them if you want to. And I want you to pray for them. If you know their name, call their name out. We don't have to know their kids or their situation. But we know one thing. God knows he's a good father. And I want to pray that these kids come to their senses, don't you? Because these moms, as they love their babies, they're, they're their kids. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we bring these parents to you. 
And God, I pray right now from this moment forward, they will not allow the enemy to beat them up anymore. They will not allow themselves to be beat on anymore because it is not their fault. God, I pray tonight that you heal the heart of these men and women. Heal their hearts and heal their hurts. God, you give them a hug of compassion. You give them a hug of mercy and a hug of grace. Because as a father, you know what it's like to have rebellious children too. And God, I pray right now for these parents that God, you just hug their hurts away in the name of Jesus Christ. And now I begin to pray for these young men and young women that are the children of these parents. God, right now, let us together pray in unison that they come to their senses as quick as possible. God, may they come to their senses so soon so that no other harm comes to them. God, may they begin to be shaken. May they get some bruises, some cuts, some wounds, something that will drive away the evil, something that will cause them to say, I've sinned against God and I've sinned against my parents. I need to confess my sins and ask for forgiveness. God, this young man came to his senses. He ran home and he said, Father, I'm sorry. I have sinned against you and have sinned against God. God, bring these kids to a place of repentance that they will not be against you, that that God, they will allow them to be with you and for you to be for them. God, I pray right now that God, you give these parents the ability to pray, 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 pray. Don't let them give up on their kids. Lord, I pray right now that you give them love that's unconditional, that God, that they commit these kids into your presence, commit these kids into your hands, and say, God, I don't know what they're doing, I don't know where they're at, I don't know what's going on, but you do. And God, I pray right now, do something, bring something into their life that causes them to come to their senses. And I pray, God, you give us the spiritual ability to wait until that happens. Because God, us going in and fixing it only makes it worse. God, I pray right now, give them the patience to wait. Let them pray, 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 commit, 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 and love, love, love. And Father, I pray for the day when they come to their senses and they come to their parents and they say, you know what, I want to make my life right. I pray for that day. And in that moment, God, I pray every parent would be filled with compassion. No conditions, no lectures but fill with compassion and restore them into the family like you restore us by your mercy and by your grace. God, I thank you. I praise you. And I pray tonight that we've given some parents some hope. We've given some parents some instruction on what to do. What do you do when your kids rebel? God, help them, I pray, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everybody said... Amen. Would you all please stand? I want to pray one more prayer over everybody here tonight. And then we'll get out of here. Father, Lord, you know our going ins and our coming out. You know everything about us. And God, I pray that everywhere we go this week, that God, we will bring blessing and be a blessing. God, I pray that everything we put our hands to would prosper. God, I pray that where we go, we would bring peace 
God, I pray that every time we get up and walk out of our house, that God, we walk into somebody else's life with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that we are light in the middle of darkness. I pray that we bring joy in the middle of sadness. And I pray this week that you would put angels around about us. Keep us safe. Keep us in your presence. In your holy name we pray. Amen and amen.